and welcome to episode 397 of the Veg Grow Podcast. My name's Richard and I am trying to grow all our fruit, vegetable and herbs in my garden and allotment. Now yesterday I managed to pop out and visit a friend's garden and naturally I made a podcast of a, a tour of this garden. That's coming up in just a moment but first let's find out what I've been up to over this last week. It is Thursday the 13th of May 2021. I'm in my podding shed at the moment and this is what I would normally do the end of the week roundup. Now obviously normally that would be a Friday but I've actually got Friday and the whole of next week off work and uh, I'm so looking forward to spending a lot of time doing my garden and various things like that. Now this week I haven't actually sown many seeds. The only thing I have sown is some okra. This is a seed that I try growing every year and I've never made it actually produce anything. Who knows what's going to happen this year? Fingers crossed we might actually get some okra produce. If not, um, (laughs) I probably will try again next year. I've just got to try and get it right. But what I've done with these seeds slightly differently this year is I've sown them directly into the floor of the greenhouse and we're going to see just how they get on in there. Now apart from that I have spent quite a bit of time pricking out a lot more of my young seedlings. So we've pricked out some Swiss chard, some cucumbers, some more nasturtiums, some um, coriander, kale, courgettes, loofers they've been pricked out more asparagus peas quite a few seedlings have all been pricked out into individual pots and trays ready to go into the garden now with next week off work i think next week we'll be trying to get a lot of our plants into the ground hopefully the weather's going to be on our side It is the 14th of May 2021. It's a Friday and as I said just last night I've taken a day off to have a day on the allotment and boy it's been great. I've absolutely enjoyed myself down on this fantastic place that I call my allotment. Now the the idea was I was going to come down and just catch up on so many little things that needed doing. Now, the idea was streaming, weeding, watering, tidying, basically, and all over the plot. Not that it was in a terrible state, but it just needed getting on top of, I think is possibly the way to say it. So, what I did, I started off with doing a bit of weeding in some of the beds, cleared out quite a few weeds, but as soon as I got bored, I then moved on to streaming around the edges and the paths. Then once I got bored of that, I went back to weeding and so on and so on. It worked. It worked really well, actually. It kept me from being bored. It kept the the brain stimulated. And I've spent eight hours down here and pretty much on top of everything now. I'm not saying it's perfect. There's still weeds growing, particularly this cooch grass. But at least it just, it feels like I'm on top of it. Now, what I've noticed as well while I've been down here today, my allotment potatoes planted in my three beds, they are really starting to show themselves now. I was a bit worried because they started to grow and then we had a bit of a frost which killed them back. And um, compared to the ones I've got at home, they haven't been growing anywhere near as quick. But at least now I can see they are really are 
underway and growing and they're going to need another mulch of grass clippings pretty soon. I've also noticed my cherry tree is absolutely full of baby cherries absolutely full so I think we're going to be in for a good year with cherries the difficulty of course is going to be trying to beat the birds to the cherries because they do take a bit of a fancy to them and eat eat a lot of them however what I've also noticed around the base is where the birds have dropped the seeds we've sprouted up several other cherry trees which I've got to dig up at some point and pot into a pot in order to well basically not let them go to waste after that i've also harvested a few asparagus spears asparagus is now really starting to come in difficult bed this one because it is so weedy and asparagus hates weeds what i should have done when i got this allotment is cleared out all the weeds thoroughly before planting out my asparagus but i didn't i was so eager to get my asparagus into the ground that um, I, I, I planted them and the weeds keep coming back and back and back. We still get asparagus, so it's not the end of the world. It's just they would do so much better if these weeds didn't grow there instead. But never mind, we've got, we live and learn. That's something that I will say throughout. We live and learn. And what that means is that now, if I decide to grow any more asparagus anywhere else, which I may well do, I've got to prepare the bed thoroughly before I even attempt that. Right, well that's what I've been up to today. I'm feeling rather sore after a good hard day's work, but boy, it feels worth it. It is Saturday the 15th of May 2021 today. I've had a day at home in the garden, although we've had a few rain showers, so it's hindered things slightly. Now I started mainly off with a good bit of a tidy up, a sweep around, just something that I'm trying to keep on top of, just sweeping the garden, making everything look nice and tidy. After that I went to the Christmas dinner bed and into that I've had to mulch my potatoes because they are growing really really well. I'm really pleased with those. I've sown a few pea seeds for our peas for Christmas dinner and then I've also sown some parsnips and some carrots. Now, you may or may not know, I've dedicated this year an entire bed to growing Christmas dinner. This is just my way of, well, in the past, when I've gone to collect my Christmas dinner veg from the allotment, I've ended up with problems, so I want it at home this year. And I feel, as a project, it's gonna be a rather interesting project to have everything growing in one bed, and we can keep an eye and just see how we get on. So far, potatoes are planted, onions are planted, and today I've finished it off with peas, carrots, and parsnips. We're going to be following up with some cabbages, cauliflowers, Brussels sprouts, swedes, and some others I can't remember off the top of my head at the moment. But either way, it's just moving forward. Now after that, I then went to the top of my garden where the patio area is, and I've had a a huge collection of pots that I've spoken about many, many times, and I just wanted to get those organised and tidied up a little bit, so I worked out which pots go into which, trying to keep them all into the same size, and just tidied them up and pot them under one of my tables that I have down here. Now this table was intended as somewhere to work from but it's ended up being full of young plants and seedlings. Something that I've got to develop and improve on in the future. Anyway, that's what I've been up to today.
It is Monday the 17th of May 2021 today. I've had a day at home. Yesterday, as you will hear in a bit, I went to Lisa's to visit her garden. But when I got back from that, I did sow some runner beans. That's the only plant left to grow that I haven't grown yet. But um, that's now sown and hopefully pretty soon they will germinate. Now, apart from that, what I've been doing today is actually tidying up this little area between my two sheds which has become a bit of a store area tidy that up and that means i can just get in and out of my sheds a lot easier but in the actual vegetable patch in the vegetable garden i have been protecting my beds now because of my chickens they have a tendency to try and get in everywhere that i grow anything if the bed's empty they will get in there so around the Christmas dinner bed I have placed some fencing that's been up for a few weeks that left two other beds that I haven't really made any fencing for until today with one of the beds I had some fence pins so they're like a length of metal rod with a little hook bent in on the top and that's working great just to hook around some wire fencing in order to keep the chickens out nice and discreet but a little bit on the tall side because they come up about four foot tall and the other bed I've made some fencing out of some wood just like what I've done with the Christmas dinner bed they don't look attractive I've got to admit they don't look attractive and they will get in the way but they do keep the chickens off the beds and mean that I will be able to grow food one of the things that we've got to deal with in this uh, household is growing with the chickens so that's what I've been up to today and that's what I've been up to for this week. Please do let me know what you've been up to in your own allotment and gardens and I'll be right back after this little break. I would just like to ask you if you are enjoying this podcast and perhaps you might consider signing up to the Supporters Club. It costs just £5 a month and for that you get access to exclusive behind the scenes content including two extra podcasts each week only for supporting members. Added to that, each month you will receive a gift pack containing a newsletter and at least six packets of seeds that can be sown that very month. By becoming a supporting member, your monthly contribution helps me keep this podcast moving forward and grow. It also helps me encourage and teach more people how to grow their own food, something I passionately believe everybody can do. To become a member, head to the vegetablepodcast.co.uk. If you can become a supporting member, then please do. I really appreciate it, and I've had such a great response from the club so far. It also gives me an excuse to have some fun, make some little adverts like that one I just played. Now back to this week's podcast. Yesterday, I popped up to a friend's garden to have a bit of a look around. Something I've really missed doing over this last year. Lisa, who has exploded on the Instagram scene, invited me up to have a look around. And of course, I recorded the tour. Well, with lockdown now starting to ease, one of the great things I'm able to do again is go out and visit other people's gardens. And I'm here with Lisa. And I'm not going to try and pronounce your surname because I know it's very, very <laughs> tricky. I guess, Lisa, it's to the listener at home, how, what are you known for? I think I am known for one of the new gardeners, obviously one of the new that was contributed to the 3.5 million new gardeners that came to the scene at the beginning of lockdown. So my journey really started in 
end of March 2020, actually. So I'm one of those newbies that has found a passion. Um, I've got the bug and I can't stop. Yeah, that's a good, uh, good example. Yeah. Good example. So before 2020, you never gardened at all or was it just not an interest? Um, no, it was an interest because we do a lot of landscaping within the business. But I never had the opportunity or interest real to grow. I think it's just because I wasn't given the time to it just with the businesses that I run. Um, I'd done a lot of gardening, so I was very interested in perennial plants, succulents, um, and how a garden should be landscaped and, and zoned into different areas for enjoyment. But growing edibles and understanding the companionship between edibles, herbs, flowers and the biodiversity that that can bring to the garden has been something completely new that I've taken on since, I think, March 2020. Mm. So, yeah. so, so was it a time factor, would you say, that you didn't have the time to do these sort of things and now lockdown came along and you suddenly found the time? Absolutely. Massive, massive time thing, because I think for me, um, I also think there was a bit of a stigma around growing that it might have been more for the elder generation. So I never really understood that the coolness that went with it until we went into lockdown. And then I thought, right, this actually is my time to do something and transform the garden. I'm really going to turn to nature and the outside space. I had a really fantastic space at the side of the property, which was a complete blank canvas, just green grass and a shed, a really rusty old brown shed sitting on it. And I thought day by day, this is going to be my new challenge and focus through lockdown. I've got the time. And even when the world started to open back up again and I went back to work and we started the businesses, I'm making time. So it's just becoming part of my structure and routine that I make and find time to nurture and love everything that I'm growing. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think that's a, a very good role and something I, even I struggle with is yeah. making the time. So we we here in, on your garden i've got to say it is absolutely beautiful area Thank you. huge garden i mean i've got a reasonable size garden and this dwarfs that so what did you have here before march 2020 yeah so where we're standing we're standing southwest facing we're up on the main patio towards the front of the house so this was just all blank patio and then the tier down, uh, the middle tier, um, was just all complete overgrown grass. And it's just got a path down the middle before you get to the sunken Victorian terrace, which was completely overgrown. And the previous owners to us must have had it as a pond. And then they filled that pond in and created this beautiful sunken terrace garden with wildflower garden around it. Um, and then either side sits the rhododendron trees. But slowly, slowly, I chipped away at it. On the middle terrace, we started digging. So we've got one big six metre by three metre bed in there. Um, and then we've got a two metre by two metre bed the other side of the path. They pretty much get full sun every single day. So that's where the cut flowers are going. And we've started with arches over the path. So they're going to be sweet peas. So the front of the house is predominantly cut flowers. And then as we go down into the sunken terrace, we're going to have a lot of wildflowers down there. And I'm also going to grow pumpkins in between the wildflowers as well. So it's just going to become a very nature-loving, pollinated 
garden that I suppose everyone can enjoy. Um, but it was completely overgrown, um, completely barren and untouched, and most probably not touched for a good six years. So you could imagine the state that it was in with, you know, there was brambles, there was weeds, there was absolutely everything. Mm. Now, I've got to say, each of these terraces probably is about the same size as my garden, about 250 square metres, roughly, I would say, looking at them. Um, or oh, even the size of my allotment is probably about the same size as your terrace. You've got your work cut out here, to say the least. And I do. I'm, I'm looking across, and it's you know it's a beautifully landscaped area. It reminds me a lot of some of the stately home gardens that I visited in the past. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah, I mean, and this was all just overgrown with brambles and. Yeah, c completely overgrown. So when we took the property on, when we got into it in 2019 in September. I didn't do anything from September 2019 to March 2020 uh, because we were obviously focusing on getting into the house and the inside. And then, you know, the weather was really bad over winter. And actually, I never looked at the garden in the way I look at it now. And when we went into lockdown, because our outside space did actually become our therapy, I started to walk the outside spaces a lot more like every couple of hours with a coffee and I started really noticing the undergrowth and the space and what was under there and then we started hacking back and cutting and conditioning and even this year alone come I think it was February time we just got flooded with snowdrops the amount of snowdrops that were in the undergrowth maybe that didn't have the chance to come out before um, you know it was just flooded in white it was beautiful so it's just kind of giving the love back to maybe when the previous owners had it. Mm. And when we're very lucky to have like a huge established, gorgeous, this vibrant lilac-y purple heather in front of us, which just sets the scene for where the greenhouse is situated behind. And, you know, we've got the big oak tree at the front and, and the double hedging. So there's, there's so much that's already established here and it's just about adding to that. Mm. Now, you've mentioned your greenhouse in that, that little talk, and we're actually stood in your greenhouse right now, and it's, wow, that's all I can say. <laughs> it is full of lots and lots of uh, plants and seedlings. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at these chilies. These chilies are looking better than mine. They're about uh, 10 inches tall, um, 25 centimetres, got flowers, and even some very tiny chilies developing. Um, and that's not all you've got here. We've got some... We've got onions at the top. Um, we've got dahlias from seed up here, which I wanted to try because I'd, I've done dahlias last year from tuba, um, but I was really unsuccessful with slugs. So I thought, right, this year I'm going to crack it. But I wanted just to try seeds, so I got a free packet of seeds from a magazine and tried it. We've got some pale zinnia mix down at the bottom with some giant dahlia zinnia mix. Um We've got some Gordita Sweetheart. We've got some Strawberry Blonde Tagettes. Uh, we've got some new sowings of Cosmos. And then we go into the Winter Squash. We've got melons, cucumbers, um, and then seedlings down the bottom. Uh, and that's just on the top shelf. And that's just the top <laughs> shelf. I mean, this greenhouse is, what, 12 foot long? It's, so I think the dimensions are 6 by 10. 6 by 10? Yeah. Oh, far yeah. Out, no, yeah, you're good. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, and then on the floor down here, you've got... Oh, it's like we're know. squidging for space. Um, 
So these are going to be my indoor varieties of tomatoes. So I've got 30 varieties in total this year and they're going to be part in, part out. Um, so I've got varieties which we're only having in the greenhouse and, and I've got several that I've potted up into the final pots down here and I've got some ladybird rose and black velvet nasturtiums with strawberry blonde tagettes. So I'm trying to mimic the colours of the flowers with the colours of the tomatoes to kind of get like a real visual explosion of those you know some of the things we've got in here are brads or tomnick grapes so we've got those gorgeous limes and yellows and black streaks we've got black beauty going on we've got honey delight so we're going to have a real myriad of yellows and blacks and reds and purples and that's going to obviously then show in the companion planting down the bottom mm. um, and then we've got the outdoor ones which are hardening off in this rain as we speak um, and then we've got overflow so you're going to have to select a couple Richard to take home as a little thank you oh if I have to <laughs> <laughs> it's always hard giving I plants know, away um, but there's some really great ones from the states that came from wild boar farm um, yeah. that I was really interested this year after seeing so many people grow them last year. And I love tomatoes. Tomatoes are my thing. I love eating them. And I desperately just want to grow as many varieties as possible. Ooh, ooh. I mean, I, I'm just looking around. Obviously, this you haven't got beds in this greenhouse. It's all no. a, a stone floor, but you're using some really large pots yeah. and use, growing tomatoes in that, which actually I'm quite liking the idea of because... It's space saving yeah. and you're squeezing everything, oh, I say squeezing, that's the wrong word, but you're squeezing everything to make the most of the space. But also you use this as a bit of a studio for your Instagram chat on a Sunday morning. I do, yeah. So this is where the potting shed is based at the back and we go live at 10am every Sunday morning and we like to have a chat with different guests. Obviously you were one of our first guests on the a potting shed which I've only learnt from my chilies from the best <laughs> so I'm really grateful um, that you've said they're looking so good because I was panicking are you coming down this morning thinking oh my god are my chilies going to be all right for Richard <laughs> he's going to give them the once over um, but yeah so in here I not only work with um, you know the broadcasting but I grow from in here you know I, I read from in here so it's a real multi-purpose space for mm. me Fantastic, fantastic. Well, I think we've done enough in this greenhouse. Let's go have a wander out and about and see yes. what we've got going on. Yeah, let's go. So we've just stepped outside the greenhouse now and I'm looking around. You've got a lot of plants just on this first patio area. What's going on here? Okay, so this space was created in March to show people that you can grow in a small container. So what I wanted to do was donate a small container patio garden to show people that, you know, you can have herbs up here, you can have lettuces, you can have flowers. You can do a one metre, one metre container garden. So we've got some lettuce, we've got spring onions, we've got some carrots. So I'm also a lover of using plug plants from the garden centre and from seed. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have a tomato in here. We're going to have a chilli as well and we're going to have some radishes so they're going to be going in next week and that's just to show people the use of space we've got some sweet peas and we've also got some spring sown ranunculus so also showing people that you can do vertical gardening and flowers as well and then we've got the arch going in which is going to be 
uh, blotty beans and then we've got sweet peas to the other side so we're going to mix those colours which will be really nice and then you're going to see this explode with pots over the next month or two as everything's coming out of the greenhouse in here but we're also doing a lot of hardening off on this patio for things which is our spring sown and January sown flowers we've got things in there like hares ears a dianthus purple crown, some of our outdoor tomatoes which I'm sure they're not happy loving this rain but they've got a man up at this stage and then we've got things like our white borage which is that beautiful white flower um, and we've also got some salvia and we've got cyrinth major at the back which has been hardening off which is actually now parts of it are down in the cutting flower garden. Mm. I mean what I'm noticing with all these plants is that they've got some really luscious green foliage growing on them. I've always said that you can tell a plant is well looked after just by looking at the foliage and this is something I'm really taking on right now. It's <laughs> looking stunning. Uh, so let's go down these few steps into yeah. the middle terrace I guess you would yes. call this. It's like your visit to a stately home. <laughs> it is, it really does feel like that. So this is the arch you spoke about earlier. I did, yeah. So it's a selection of three arches that we've put together via string and rope and we're going to build the next three further down. But this is going to be flooded with sweet peas and what we've done is we've gradually ombre the colours. So you're going to start off with those dark blue king navies. You're going to go into a nimbus purple, which is your purples and whites. Then you're going to pick up your royal swans, which are whites. Um, and we've also got some Lisa Marie's in there, which are really lovely pinky whites. I had, <laughs> I had to get my sweet peas in there. <laughs> yeah. um, they reflect the cut flower garden because the cut flower garden is going to be a mixture of um, purples and whites and pinks. And I've mm. just looked out and we've actually got lots of new families of mushrooms living in it, which are going to have to come out pretty quickly. <laughs> So let's head on down to the lower terrace. And this, in, in the centre, again, it's quite a large... That was originally a pond. Yeah, so the previous owners had it as a pond and I guess they filled it in and started to establish because it, it has four beautiful steps either side of the rectangle so you know a set of two steps in the middle and one either side and it's all a cobbled path that you can walk through with four sectional beds and we've got two beautiful aces in there we've had a lot of primroses come through and obviously you've got ferns but we're going to start to clear some of the primroses away now Eden has scattered wildflower down there but I'm just going to intersperse pumpkins uh, winter squash because it gets full sun yeah Eden's your son yeah Eden is my son he's the one that does a lot of gardening with me yeah <laughs> I, I use the term help loosely at yeah. times yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. <laughs> well we've done the terraces now yeah. at the back of your property is what I'm really interested in the kitchen yeah. garden let's head around there and yeah, let's see go. what's having there let's go So this is your kitchen garden. I would dream of this. I absolutely dream of this in my back garden. Let's have a description of, of what you've been doing here. So we obviously started it at the end of March last year. It was a complete blank canvas of grass. So I've built a bark path going down the middle of it. And then to one side, we've got three beds, most probably about three metres long by 1.2 wide. And then we've got a little nature section at the back. And then on the grassed section, we've got just some raised troughs. So we have garlic and onions in the furthest one with a black currant bush down there. We've got some overwintering chard 
perpetual spinach um, and I've just plant, planted some sprouts in there and then in the middle one I'm doing a bit of an experiment so I started my potatoes I've got peas which are growing up just some wild branches and pea sticks sticks, that's it Um, and then I've got overwintering chard so I didn't touch that overwinter and I've let it really bulk up I've got some lovely purple carriage cabbage not carriage um, but I love the colours because you've got that really bright spark from the chard and then you've got the purple leaves on the red cabbage then we've got poached eggplant in front of it which is obviously a really good pollinator some calendula some borage and then in the third one down we've got um, shallots and onions we've got some borage some chives and they're the three big main ones but then we've got a fourth big bed which we've just recently dug out and that's going to be a four sisters bed this year okay four sisters or three sisters four sisters i'm I'm doing one up this year yeah so we're going to have sunflowers squash beans and corn Oh, okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 So we're going to have an arch in the middle of it, and we're going to have Jack and Jill, mini pumpkins going up the arch, all the corn underneath it. Then we're going to have some different types of winter squash going round it, and then we're going to have the sunflowers all at the back of it cascading round in an L shape with varying height so what will happen is the kind of beautiful colours of the glass gem corn that those lovely red tassels they give will match in with the colours of the earthwalker sunflowers the balotti beans going up the corn so we're going for like vibrant reds oranges and yellows to match that autumnal palette yeah yeah I love that you're actually making it a kitchen garden attractive from what you're saying as well and and you know, I mean, as much as I love kitchen gardens, and I do think there is a, a beautiful side to them, more often than not, they are a productive machine, and that sometimes gets lost in translation. It does, it really does, and I think it's about creatively putting plants together, and I'm a big thing for, like, potager gardens, where you have your herbs, your flowers, and your edibles, but then actually taking a step back and looking at the heights and the colours that you put together, because it just... It's like a beautiful piece of art, really, that you're creating. And I'm an interior designer by trade, so my job is to create transformations inside. But what I'm doing is I see the kitchen garden as another room within the house, just outside, and we're just bringing the colours and making the plants work together in harmoniously mm. and, and bringing the pollinators into the garden too. Yeah. Now, something I've just spied to the side here, which is quite rare to see in a garden is a huge leaf mould bin made out of pallets. Yes, this is my latest creation. I collect a lot of pallets on site, so if I drive past a building site, I'm one for stopping saying, can I have your pallets, please? We're surrounded here by Jurassic trees that have been here hundreds of years. They drop a lot of leaves, and I didn't want to just disregard them, so I made a squared-shaped pallet container, and in autumn it was kind of filled high, and it's obviously starting to really mulch down now. Yeah. Um, I love it. It's my DIY creation. Yeah. But the great thing is that those leaves, which would normally just get wasted, will become, and the size that you got here, quite a sizable amount of leaf mould, which is going to do wonders in the garden. Yeah. You it's know. going to go back into the beds and it's going to bring, you know, the nutrients. So it's about, you know, turning the cycle on its head and, and what we can create within the garden and putting it back and, and how we can use it. And I think, for me... 
it's just about really utilising that. And we've got lots of things in the garden which are little features from the leaf mould bin to obviously our stunning apple tree um, that's been here. Um, and yeah, just our nature garden, it's just, it all works harmoniously together. Mm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So obviously this is, what is it, middle March, uh, middle of March? Middle of middle May. May yeah. Middle of May, yeah. It, it feels like middle of March, doesn't it? Does, it? Yeah. it does, it yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. Going forward, you're obviously going to be very, very busy getting all your plants in the ground, hardening them off and, and what have you. Yeah. What's what's your, going to be your plans for moving forward with the vegetable garden or the kitchen garden? This year? Yeah. So towards the end of this year, most probably will be the last time that we stand in this kitchen garden because obviously there's going to be major renovations on the land and then it will be working to a new kitchen garden when we go back into the land but I think for this year it's just about really focusing on growing what we love to eat learning how plants can work in harmony together exploring different varieties and how they work and how they're put together and then hopefully you know I've got plans for the next three years just to you know teach beginner gardeners by documenting and using my kitchen garden on how to start even from a a small section right through to a a a big section of a plot just you know how to get growing because it's so exciting yeah yeah now on, on that note you have actually started your own club we have yeah yes Good. Tell the uh, listener a bit about that. So we started the Tomato Club. So myself and co-founder Joe, who is also my business partner in our growing. So we've written and designed books to the new beginner gardener based on my experience and our passion for growing. We thought we both love tomatoes from our Italian heritage. Why not start a club called the Tomato Club? just really plain and simple and we've had over seven and a half thousand book downloads to date and just over 2,100 members in our club and it's all about growing tomatoes taking you from seed to harvest and just giving you the confidence to be able to grow tomatoes different varieties we've got different guest growers coming into the club giving us their experiences and tips and it's just really a club it's free to join um, and it's just about community and support and encouragement really so if anybody wants to find out about the tomato club where do they head to so you can head to www.sowingseedstogether.com and you can sign up there and download our free book or you can get the link to the download on my bio on Instagram which is Lisa Marie's underscore kitchen garden or likewise same as Joe's grow with Joe um, so there's different ways that they can find the book and then the tomato club is at underscore the tomato club on Instagram and you just follow free to join and of course i'll add links to those in the blog post for this show thank you so much for opening up your garden to me today it's been fantastic and i'm incredibly jealous of your garden here lisa (laughs) i just want to thank lisa yet again for allowing us to tour around her garden but please do go check her out you can find her on instagram but of course i will add all links on the blog post for this episode and that's at thevegetgrowerpodcast.co.uk and of course there you can leave me a comment or you can send me a voicemail alternatively if you want to email me it's richard at thevegetgrowerpodcast.co.uk or you can find me on social media just search for the vegetable podcast we will be back next week where i will be answering a question about feeds and fertilizers until then please take care